We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also follow me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Roman Roberts. Roman grew up in foster care until the age of nine when he was adopted into a family that was less than ideal. At 18, Roman joined the U.S. Army as an interrogator and deployed multiple times to Iraq and Afghanistan and worked with special operations. Once he returned home, Roman had a challenging transition and almost lost his family. It was there he finally found himself. And then utilizing his skills from the military and foster care, he began to help businesses with policies and more. Roman, welcome to the show. Awesome. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you as well. You've got some interesting life experiences that I'm sure we'll we'll dive well into our conversation today. (laughs) I'd love to. Um, first let's talk about you being an interrogator. How does that translate into the business world? (laughs) Well, the first thing that people always think of when you say that is that it translates over in like an aggressive way of questioning, right? Like like figuring (laughs) out who did this or that. And that, that component certainly does exist, but the main piece is it's about rapport. It's about conversation. It's about understanding. And really and truly, every business is in the business of communicating, no matter what you do, right? However you communicate internally and externally can affect the flow of your business. So for me, really and truly, the thing about interrogation that I often use is, is that rapport and communication piece. Those are those are the main things that translate over and are the most important. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of other cool things like diving into sentence structure and the psychological components and things of that nature, but, but it's really about communication. Oh, I, I mean, that's exactly what it is. I think that's a great way to, to phrase it. And I'm not going to lie. As soon as I, I read interrogation, I definitely thought of some crazy war movies. <laughs> but so, you, so it's, it's not the first time you've heard that before. I'm sure. <laughs> no, not at all. It's really, it, it, and I tell people it's funny because they'll say, Oh, you must've done it. And, and yeah, sure. There's a lot of cool things that I've done. Um, but one of the longest interrogations and most information I ever got is I gave like a 22 year old kid a cheeseburger. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um, All right. So let's talk about what you do with your business a little bit. What is the main thing that businesses get wrong when it comes to policies and procedures? Yeah. So I help businesses write policies and procedures using my time in the military, my time in aerospace and working with nonprofits and financial institutions and other types of businesses. And really and truly, the thing that I always see is when people write a policy, whether it's they're at a growth point and they're trying to hit that next level or they're in the beginning. It's always, it's gotta be perfect. It's gotta be perfect. And policies and procedures. Yes. It's important that they have structure behind them, but it's okay that they grow and evolve and that they're not perfect because really and truly it's a framework, right? It it sets kind of those, 
those outer boundaries to let the business operate and flourish, right? So it's it's like a trestle for vines or how you use stands to help grow tomatoes, right? They're, they're help, they, they help provide that structure. So it doesn't have to be completely perfect. You can edit, you can make updates. That's why we put revision sections inside of there. And I, I appreciate that you have mapped it out that way. And I like the analogies of the the vines and the um, tomato plants. Uh, I don't know why it took me so long to realize that it doesn't have to be perfect in my own business. I mean, um, I like to just stick to the 80-20 rule and just say as long as it works 80% of the time or gets this 80% of the way there, I'm satisfied with it now. Um, but yeah, that's that's good. Thank you. Um, how did foster, What did foster care teach you about business? Yeah. So foster care for me was a very, um, it was an interesting time. Right. And I was in a very interesting time in the system and I went through abusive homes and some amazing homes. Right. And it would change in, in almost a blink of the hat and people have different names for it, whether it's grit, resiliency, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, but really and truly that's, that's kind of what foster care taught me is that uh, it's kind of a mantra that I use. And I say, when I'm speaking to foster kids or anywhere else, your hustle has to be bigger than your struggle. So what's your, whether it's what's your why or however you want to look at it, that's, that's what it is. How dedicated are you to this thing that you're doing? And are you going to be willing to work through the hard times like right now with COVID, right? Like, are you, are you going to be willing to push through that, that wall, that barrier, whatever it is to, to rise to that next level? Because it's amazing what you'll see on the other side. I love that. Um, yeah, I think that's a great statement. Your, your hustle has to be bigger than the struggle. There's, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and uh, I imagine, um, being part of the military taught you a bit about business as well. What is one of the most important skills that you learned in the military that you brought over to business? Yeah. So I think everyone always goes with leadership, right? And and that's a great one. And I'm not going to downplay it. I do think that that is a very important skill, but for me, I, I think the biggest thing was, helping others. Like at the core, the military is a service of helping its country or helping the, the country that it's in, right? So when you as a business, obviously you can take the leadership practices and the discipline and the structure and things of that nature. But when you really take that mindset of being there to help and being willing to work through the hardest of issues or situations uh, and keep that, that forefront of service in mind, then, then that's really what drives success. And whether it's individually as a contributor on a team or as a business owner, right? If you're thinking about service and helping others and that selfless service, then you're going you're gonna to hit the next level extremely quickly. I love that. I think that's fantastic. And it definitely makes sense about just, you know, being of service to others. That's, that's what it is. That's what the military is doing. <laughs> that's why they say you're in the service, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, and that's what business is all about too, is supporting and helping and being of service to others and helping others achieve their goals. Um, that's great. Thank you. So Roman, the focus of the show is really about relationships and networking um, as we kind of opened with, um, you know, building rapport and communication. Can you share with our listeners uh, one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Oh man, my favorite. So I would honestly have to say my favorite actually came from LinkedIn. Uh, I got connected to this group uh, called the Veteran Roundtable and it just connected me to a ton of amazing people in in all kinds of different fields of veterans, people who wanted to help veterans, 
and so from there, you know, I met Jamie Chapman, uh, Joseph Lawden, um, Don Penske. I mean, the list goes on. I could just name people, but, but really and truly it was because that was really my first time to engage in a group inside of LinkedIn and to see what, uh, what kind of a connection you could build online. And obviously everyone now is kind of learning more about digital interaction through COVID. But at that time that, that wasn't, it was there, it existed, but it was really my first time utilizing that system. And it was, it was a pretty powerful system and it gave me a lot of belief in it. That's great. I love that. And I, I love that it, it's a digital platform. Um, but finding like-minded individuals or people that have lived similar experiences as you can be an easy way to, to build that rapport as you were speaking to earlier. Definitely. So as you've traveled the world, I imagine you've met a number of people um, and in the different roles and experiences you've had, how do you stay in front of or best, best nurture your network and your community? So for me, I, so I operate from a premise of being real, right? And so for me, I just always be authentic, be my real self. And whether that means that I talk about, you know, today I messed up, I, I yelled at my kid or I, I yelled at an employee or I, whatever, right? Insert any topic there, or I gave bad advice. For me, uh, just, just being real and being able to be open about that gives a level of authenticity, uh, but it also lets your network know that, hey, we're all on this journey together, right? And I'm going to make mistakes today and you're going to make mistakes tomorrow. But if we're a network, then we should be able to talk about that and grow through that and push through that. Totally. I, I love that. Um, what advice would you offer the business professional who's looking to grow their network? Oh man, I, so I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. So I would say get on LinkedIn and stop thinking of it as a resume. So my biggest mistake for two years post-military, um, no, three, really, really and truly three, I thought LinkedIn was just a resume. So I literally would just copy and paste whatever my resume was mm -hmm. at the time. And really and truly, it's so much more than that. I mean, you've got people uh, posting their their own little raps or keynote speeches or paintings that they do, right? So it's so much more. And I think it speaks to that life of a resume. And if you're tagging LinkedIn on your resume, if you're a job seeker, or if you're a company and you're, you have LinkedIn, uh, being able to use that and just really be, be real inside of it and, and show, like I said, back to that authenticity, show that real piece of it, it gets conversations going, right? Because a person realizes they have something in common with you that they didn't know. And then slowly but surely, maybe that person becomes someone that you utilize in a business. Um, to be perfectly honest, I found you for the first time looking at digital marketing and things of that nature, right? So so really and truly, if, if you're showing up in that space and showing things and showing your true authentic self, people are going to find you. But if you're not doing it, <laughs> then no one's going to find you. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I mean, LinkedIn is a fantastic platform to to connect and find new people. And um, so many people have that mindset that it's just for the, the resume or, you know, I'm not looking for a job, so I don't need to be on LinkedIn, you know, and that's, that's just definitely the wrong way to think of it. There's so much more happening there. So um, it'll probably make it easy for you then to answer my next question, which is digital networking or traditional networking, which one do you find more value in? Oh man, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> so this is going to sound funny because of everything I just said, right? Uh, I, I love digital networking, 
but sometimes there's just something really nice about being able to set in front of somebody. So I think it depends on the type, but for me, predominantly, I do use a lot of digital networking and in this day and age, it's easier, it's faster. Um, but, but I do think in-person face-to-face physical networking does have a place. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a combination of both. Um, there is something, it's a, it's a different type of relationship that you create, I think, when it's in person versus digital, but you can still have the ta- same type of relationship, you know, a virtual relationship. Exactly. Okay, Roman, if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? So at 20, I was in the military and I was in Iraq. Yeah, I was in Iraq at that time. Um, So for me, I honestly would say to realize that this is a chapter in your career. It's not your entire career, right? So I was so wrapped in that military aspect of me being my life um, that I didn't go after any college when I was in the military. I didn't do anything outside of military studying, working out and shooting guns, right? Like that was all that I did. So I think I would say be more uh, involved in the world and the things going on around you, like professionally and not, not just professionally in the military, but the general professions and to just realize that that it's a chapter. I mean, I, I look at all my life as chapters and some mm-hmm. are good and some are bad, but to definitely appreciate that, that it's a chapter and not get so caught up in this is all it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good insight to share. And I think that, um, you know, when we're at 20 years old, we do get kind of stuck in that little hole of this is what life is. <laughs> um, and there's definitely more to that. And that's why I like asking that question. So that, Hopefully someone who's 20 is listening and, and is motivated or inspired. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it applies to more than just 20 too. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so there's times even now where I'm like, get out of my head you know, and, and just keep going and, and realize that, Oh, that week's episode wasn't as good as you thought it'd be. There's another one coming up. Right. Or, Oh, I didn't do as great on this project as I thought I would. I'm going to start another one. So yep. I think, I think that, that in general, um, but definitely at 20, I was, I was way way worse than I am now. At least I stopped and listened to myself for a minute. Oh, that's good. So we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? um, It's funny because I was just recording an episode today talking about this. Uh, I, when I first launched my, my real talk with Roman, I asked Jocko Willink to come on. Uh, he wrote the book Extreme Ownership. He's a former Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Uh, g- great, just amazing content. Love what he puts out. Love what he does. Loves love his podcast. Uh, so, so he is definitely a person that I would want to connect with uh, and just get real, like just get real with him. Uh, not just as a guest on the show, but just be connected with him. Like have him as somebody you know you talk with, a, a good friend almost. Um, mm-hmm. So, as far as yeah, I actually, I think I'm probably six or less separated, obviously being in the military. Uh, we probably know people that know people. Sure. Uh, and then the the lady that I was talking to today, um, she actually knows a guy who set up a keynote that he's going to be speaking at. Or, well, there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have asked him to be on your show or you want to ask him? I have asked him. I have. Um, okay. 
Fingers crossed. Fingers uh-huh. crossed. Right. So if you're listening, Jocko. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you report back with some positive news um, that he did get on your show. Definitely. All right. I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something that you'd like to ask me? Ooh. Um, so I am, I am fascinated with digital marketing in the sense that, so this is going to sound really weird in the sense that I do not like it at all, but I know that it's important. <laughs> so okay. for someone with that <laughs> stance, like me, who's trying to learn it, but is having trouble with it, what are some good tips to kind of uh, break through that? Um, you mean to learn it like for, for yourself or because you're, you don't like it and, but you are, you're trying to force yourself to learn it or what is, I yeah. Guess? So, so for myself uh-huh. um, to, to get a better understanding, how can I get more interested in it? I guess is really, uh, what, what would be some good places to start? Sure. Um, I mean, there's so many amazing resources and tools online, um, And, you know, I would identify some thought leaders in that area and start following their content and what they're publishing. Um, I mean, you follow Keystone Click. We have uh, stuff we're publishing almost every single day to educate on best practices and tools. Um, But uh, or identify some channels on different social media groups uh, like you you've talked about the LinkedIn groups. Um, there's a lot of groups on Facebook for digital marketing or, you know, very specific uh, digital tactics like SEO or, or Facebook ads. Um, so, you know, similar to what we talked about earlier, but um, surrounding yourself with others that have that passion, I think would be a good way to, to try to increase your passion. Um, the other thing I'll say is, you know, if this isn't your, your um, joy, uh, then find someone else who is passionate about this and let them do that work for you so that you can focus on the things that you enjoy doing. Nice. Um, I think another question I would ask if, if I can ask another, sure, um, go for it. Um, so the, the next question I would ask is around, uh, web design. So I know that a lot of so there are a lot of easy click, like drop WordPress, Wix, like mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't even turn the TV on without those things being sure. Um, so would you say that those type of systems are better or a custom site would be better just in general? I think you can use any of the DIY platforms. What's important is having a strategy and knowing what it is that you're trying to achieve. So um, you know, making sure you've got content that's going to connect and resonate to your target customers. And it's very clear what, what it is you want them to do when they're there. It's easy for them to navigate. So what I find um, as a common mistake when people DIY their own website is they don't put any thought or strategy into what it is that they're doing. And they just kind of you know, puke all over the page, basically. <laughs> um, I, I paused for a second because I didn't know how to say that elegantly. <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's an area that, you know, custom, I would say if you're going to go the custom route, Again, it depends on what it is that they are trying to achieve, um, but more importantly, make sure you're you're working with someone that underst- understands the importance of strategy in developing a site. Awesome. Good. All right. Um, fun questions. Thank you. So, Roman, any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? 
Yeah. Just don't be afraid to jump out there and take that risk, right? Like not every piece of content is going to land and you're probably not going to be viral, but, um, your, your intent shouldn't always be to be viral. It should just be to, to connect and resonate with somebody. And for me, if I resonate with one person in a post that that's one more person that I'm closer connected to than when I started the day. Yeah. So. Awesome. That it's in it's uh, quality over quantity, right? Exactly. Well stated. If anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? <laughs> so obviously LinkedIn is probably my favorite platform. <laughs> I actually, until about a month ago, did not really have any other platforms, but I launched a show on YouTube called Real Talk with Roman. And you can find it on YouTube at Real Talk with Roman. And so from there, I built all the other social media pages. I have an Instagram at Real Talk with Roman, Twitter at Real Talk with R O M because they don't let you you run out of characters, <laughs> and and then uh, Facebook. We have a Facebook page at Real Talk with Roman, and working to launch a group. So you can find me on pretty much all those platforms. Cool, very cool. Um, all right. We will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Robin. No, this was awesome. Thank you for having me. It was super fun. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Roman for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at Social Capital Podcast. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.